Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this DFS Dreamer podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm one of your hosts at Loafing It Over on Twitter. You can call me Wes, though. You can call me Wes. You can call me Loafing It. I guess that'll work. Or Bread Man, whatever you want to say. I will respond to all those things. I am excited because today we have the very first contestant on the DFS Dreamer Challenge. That's right. It's the challenge round of the uh, DFS Dreamer podcast, and his name is... And he's also the co-host. He also helps build stacks. He also knows, uh, he, he, well, he's just a stacking machine. It's Pierre Wilson. Pierre, at PeeWee31 over on Twitter. How you doing, Pierre? Doing well, man. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? <laughs> you know, football's back and everyone's, you know, diving in. All the different platforms. DFS is my alley, so I'm excited. We're getting closer. That's right. And I did have a little contest for you. Uh, it might be a season-long contest. Help us get right into the action a little bit, Pierre. Week number one is just about upon us. And I, want, I, know, I know you. I know you. I know you've been studying lines. I know you've been looking at some things. I know you. And we have not yeah. talked about this. We haven't rehearsed about this at all. Who has the highest point total amongst all the week one games? Do you know that answer, Pierre? It would be probably Chiefs and Cardinals, I imagine. Chiefs and Cardinals, you're right. They're sitting at 53 points this this first week, and that's going to be a Sunday. I think it's a Sunday afternoon game, so that's going to allow some people to have some wiggle room whenever they build their lineups a little bit. Uh, we got Raiders Chargers sitting there at 51, 52. It depends on what sports book you're looking at, of course, but that is those are around the highest ones. And then an early game, no, 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 this is a Thursday game. Bills and Rams going to set us off real quick here. That thing's like at 51 and 52 right now. What a shootout that's going to be. That should be fun. Uh, obviously, the defending champs tend to open up things. So you got the Rams at home against high-powered Bills. So that'll be a showdown slate. I think that's a millionaire maker contest there as well. Um, so, yeah, get your showdown action. Get a first look at Cooper Cup. No matter what, he won't be on the, the main slate, but you will be able to play him Thursday. I was looking at those preseason games and kind of reviewing some things, just looking at snap counts, trying to see who, you know, played with the first team, second team, who sat, you know, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I, I looked at the Bills game. <laughs> they couldn't be stopped. I can't even remember who they played, <laughs> but they could not be. They scored. They were doing everything they wanted to do. And I was just looking at the box score, but it was like 10 yards here, 10 yard, 12 yard touchdown, you know, just all all first half and into the third quarter. It was something to behold. Yeah, they went up and down the field pretty easily. Same with the Chiefs. So I think Mahomes played two two drives, uh, scored both drives. And in the first game, they only played one drive. They scored that drive too. So the, those high-power offenses uh, are still high-powered offenses from last year, the same this year it looks like. All right, Pierre, another uh, trivia question for you here. Okay. Who is favored by DraftKings Sportsbook to win the Super Bowl this year? Probably the Bills, since we're talking about them. It is the Bills. It's plus five fifty. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't planned. But yes. But then the way we're talking about them, definitely. Buccaneers come in at seven fifty. I would think that that's more just because you know it's Tom Brady. It's it's the it's the Buccaneers, and and I would think that's why they are highly highly favored like that. Yeah, I mean, not a lot has changed. I mean, they were right there in the mix. Last year as well, before losing to the the, the defending champs now, the, the Rams. So just keep that in mind. I know Gronk retired, but, you know, Brady did come back. Godwin's ahead of schedule. 
Uh, they've added Russell Gage, Julio Jones. So their, their team's still built uh, to win now. And I think the sports books are expecting them to. All right. And now let me ask you this about the division winners. And we'll just kind of look at this really quick and, and see if we kind of agree with this, see what we might disagree with. What about in that NFC East, the NFC East, the Cowboys, the Commanders, Eagles and Giants? Who do you think's favored out of that one? Uh, probably the Cowboys. They're America's team. Yeah, yeah. They're plus 140. Who do you think will win that? I, uh, it's going to depend on Hurts, but I, I like the Eagles. Eagles uh, are actually won the division. They're at plus 160. I agree with you. That, that's a pretty good shot right there. Commanders are at plus 500 with your guy Carson Wentz, and the Giants are at plus 800. Either one of those sound exciting? Um, Not, not really. I don't mind the Commanders. Uh, I don't like that Chase Young starting on the pup. Uh, he's kind of the the spear, the, 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 the base of that defense. So him missing early on uh, really isn't going to help them. But obviously, you know, I'm a fan of Wentz if he can keep the turnovers down. But I, I think it'll be either the Eagles or Cowboys. And I'm, I'm leaning Eagles right now. All right, Pierre, that's a, I, I agree with you there. Uh, what about that NFC North division? Who do you think is favored there? Oh, it's the Packers easily. It is the Packers. They're at minus 190. Minus 190, not plus oh, yeah. anything. That's minus 190. So they are very favored. Uh, the Vikings are at 260. Lions are at 1,000, plus 1,000. And the Bears are at plus 1,500. Can you see uh, the Vikings maybe upsetting the Packers? I could. Um, I mean, you, you got to think no Devontae Adams. I know the they still got Rodgers. They still got the the owner of Chicago Bears. So they'll be in good shape. But I do like, I do like the Vikings quite a bit. You have to see um, how the coaching change is going to affect them. Sure. I think it'll be for the good, especially offensively with, with Cousins. And they're running more three right receiver sets now with Kevin O'Connell there. But um, O'Connell, O'Donnell, I butchered that. But I do like the Vikings. If there is a team that can upset the Packers, it will be the Vikings. That's pretty good value right there at plus 260, in my opinion. Uh, one injury, you know, Packers seem a little bit thinner than they have been in years past. And one injury right there, and it can really go south for them. Especially if it's Rodgers, that's the yeah. injury. You hope not, but. Or, you know, who knows, off-field stuff. Maybe he'll get. Maybe he'll accidentally take something he shouldn't oh take boy. and get lost on the way to the... Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, uh, let's look here. I'm still in the NFC. Let's go to the NFC South Division. We got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers favorite there, minus 250 to win oh, that yeah. one. Saints plus 310, Panthers plus 9, and Falcons plus 3,500. Do you see any underdogs there that might be able to do it? Not 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 outdo the the Bucks. I think they're pretty clearly the top team. Saints, obviously, they're they're second for a reason. So if Jameis can get hot, limit his interceptions, the LASIK surgery is working uh, potentially the Saints. But they even have Tampa's number. I think they beat Tampa both times last year. But I still think Tampa comes out on top. Yeah, I agree. Look, that Panthers one. I know this is me shooting for the moon here, trying to hit a star. <laughs> Plus nine hundred. I mean. Uh, Plus 900, Pierre. I'm worried about their defense. I think Baker will be serviceable. I know he was named the starter. You got to expect McCaffrey to stay healthy. You can't predict an injury. So if he's healthy, DJ Moore, they have a pretty solid offense. It's their defense. Are they going to be able to stop other teams is my concern. But they had a, they had, they, you know, last year, if I'm remembering correct, they were keeping a lot of games close last year. I don't, I, I'm going to have to investigate that one. That one really looks appealing to me at plus 900. That may just be water down the toilet, but I mean, f- money down the toilet, but I don't know. Well, they are the division that it seems like pretty much every year a new team wins that division. 
Um, that was the case for many, many years where that was, I think Tampa may have won it back to back here recently, but other than that, they were like alternating where Atlanta would win with Ryan and the, the Panthers would win. Like it was with Cam and it just kept going. Like the same team never won that division. So if they get back in that trend. It will be good yeah. to get any of those underdogs in comparison to Tampa. NFC West division Rams are at plus 130, 49ers plus 150, Cardinals plus 400, Seahawks plus 2000. Do you agree with all of those? Yeah, for the most part, I, I like the Niners. Um, I think I would go Niners to win that division. Uh, I feel like Trey Lance could be the the upgrade that they need at quarterback mm. um, to take that offense to different levels. And I also just expect, you know, Super Bowl regression. Uh, you tend to see that out of many teams. You know, Stafford's dealing with the elbow problem right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they may not be as motivated. So the the Niners will be the team I lean there. Okay. All right. I think I agree. That's that's not as good a value as like the plus two sixty or whatever it was that we looked at a minute ago with the with the Vikings, but that's pretty good ones. Let's say over here in the AFC real quick. AFC South. We'll start there, Pierre. Who is favored in the AFC South? I'm not sure. I think hopefully it's my coats, but it could be the Titans. I'm gonna say it's the the coats. Your Texans, my Texans, I guess, plus three thousand. That's not good news. I own way too many. I own way too many Texans shares this year in drafts. <laughs> For that. Well, no, I mean, and then I, then I own a lot of Jaguars too. But I mean, you know, it's different in, in fantasy than it is in reality. Uh, plus seven fifty there for the Jags. Titans, plus one seventy five. Your Colts, minus one thirty. Pierre, there it draft. is. There it is. See, they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. I I would agree with that one. Um, I think the Titans, of course, you could put money on them. And at the end of the year, you'd go, well, see, I knew they would end up winning that division. It'll be close between the Colts and the Titans. So just both the Titans especially keep all those games close, especially till the end. They got a 50-50 shot. I think it went in every single game. And then, of course, the upgrade with Matt Ryan uh, there in the Colts system, I I think that's going to be absolutely fine. We know the Colts know what to do with veteran quarterbacks and to get the most out of them. I hope. I mean, we've been favored a couple of years now with Rivers and then with Wentz, and it, it hasn't happened. So hopefully it actually happens this year. I do like Ryan. I think he has some left in the tank. I'm worried about our pass catchers. I'm worried yep. we didn't really address tight end and receiver like I hoped we would. So that's that's one of my main concerns. But I think we'll have one of the top defenses in the league this you year, know, honestly. I, I think about the game speed of the NFL. Yeah, and I've I've watched Matt Ryan down here in, in the South, and I've seen I won't say every Atlanta game because why would I watch every Atlanta game? But <laughs> uh, I, I've seen many of them, and man, he was just running for his life. I say running for his life; he was throwing the ball to not get hit, and and yeah. then so many times he would take that shot right under the chin and everything. He took so many poundings year in and year out the last couple of years. The game is going to feel like it's going so slow for him, I think, behind that offensive line in Indy. He, yeah. He's he's really good at picking things apart. Uh, he, he's really good at reading pre-snap uh, where the where the ball needs to go and who's going to be open and, and defenses. So I, I think that you could be – I'm going to be pleasantly surprised for Matt Ryan. And he's it feels like one of those stories where people are going to really be pulling for him. You know, he's never won yeah. a Super Bowl. He's always been – a fantasy darling because the games have always uh, been in the higher scoring whenever he deals with Atlanta. <laughs> so it's one of those things, man. I think that, that that could be a really good story by the end of the year. Yeah. You, you caught out a lot of the, the things that, that Wentz missed when it came to the, the early, you know, coverage checks. 
Uh, he's able to take the check downs and he kind of just described the the winner of the, the last Super Bowl when it, it came to that just kind of feel good story, people rooting for him because you had the same situation with Stafford uh, joining the Rams last year. And so for me, I hope it's the same uh, Hollywood type script, even though it's not in Los Angeles. I, I hope that Ryan can can get his Super Bowl and uh, obviously lead the, the coach to the promised land. AFC East, the Bills are favored at minus 230. That's that's a big number right there. <laughs> that's almost as much as the Buccaneers at minus 250. Bills are at minus 230. Dolphins are at plus 450. Patriots at plus 500. And the Jets at plus 2,800. 2,800 there for the Jets. I, I think that that's exactly how that one goes, Pierre. AFC North. AFC North, Ravens plus 140, Bengals plus 170, Browns plus 380, and the Steelers plus 1,000. Isn't that weird to look at that? That's, <laughs> that's tough to see. Yeah, a lot changes without Roethlisberger, clearly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I that, that Once again, that's a toss-up between Baltimore and Cincinnati. I don't think there's good value there at either one of those places. And in the AFC West, which may be the, I don't want to say the toughest division, but, man, it sure sure feels that way over there, <laughs> doesn't it? Is. Oh, my goodness. It's loaded. The Chiefs, the Chiefs are at plus 175. Chargers at plus 220. Denver plus 260. And Raiders plus 650. That seems like good value to me. Yeah, I still like the Chiefs, though. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Chargers. Uh, I just got to see the Chargers prove it. Like the, they're always that team that's favorite to win, and they can't quite get over the hump. Uh, it happened for years with Rivers. Uh, you've seen it start to happen with Herbert as well. So uh, even though they, I think they're probably the best team on paper uh, in the AFC West. I, I still gonna lean the Chiefs because they've proven that they can get over those humps and and get to a Super Bowl and win one. Let's at least get to the playoffs. <laughs> At least I don't think they made the playoffs last year, Pierre. There was that wild game I remember at the end of the season between them and the Raiders, and I think the Raiders ended up sneaking in. Or so. I can't remember how that went. Yeah, yeah, the, the Raiders won that game. They could have tied and both got yeah, in, yeah, yeah. but there was like a penalty late where the Raiders came out, kick a field goal, and won. That was like a Sunday night game, too. That was, oh, just, yeah. that was just bonkers. That was bonkers. <laughs> NFL's almost upon us, Pierre. That's going to be so cool whenever we see that stuff. All right, here on the DFS Dreamer podcast, that was kind of the first go-around where I was giving uh, Pierre a little bit of quiz here, and I knew he was educated on it. I, I thought it'd be fun to be able to do that, but we always do on the DFS Dreamer podcast. We go over to the classic slate, and we start building lineups. We, we may switch that up uh, a little bit more this year. I don't know how we're going to exactly do it. We're in uh, production studio discussions about that here now. At the Fantasy Impact Today Studios, but we are uh, always doing that. And I know one thing we got to do this year, Pierre, and that's do the DFS Dreamer uh, D- DraftKings contest again. We had a lot of success yes. and a lot of fun doing that last year. I don't remember it. we we filled that entries up uh, every single week. It felt like, and I think we had twenty five. We may need to boost that up again this year. Yeah, well, we'll take a look. We had a pretty good group. I, I try to keep it at a certain number to where it'll go if it doesn't fill because there's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a minimum that you have to have where if it doesn't fill, it doesn't just cancel out. Um, so that's where I try to set it the maximum that I can to where just in case, you know, folks are off or, you know, folks are taking a break. It'll still run regardless of how many are in there. But, yeah, we, we had a pretty good crowd uh, every week last year. A lot of them are still in the, the group. So hopefully oh, cool. we can get it back filled up and keep it going. 
Maybe maybe we'll do a second group then. Maybe that's how we need to do it or try try to attempt to do it. Hey, that that brings up some questions that I have, and and you need to remind me of these things. I am an old man. Celebrated the fiftieth birthday between last season and this season, so you know I'm getting a little bit older. Congratulations! I hit forty, so we both hit a a milestone. (laughs) Well, yes, and my my stone got a lot heavier. It feels like, Uh, but uh, so when we played that DFS Dreamer contest and we had that small Uh slate. I've told you before that I feel like I do a lot better in those smaller slates than I do in the bigger slates because it narrows down my choices. And I mm-hmm. feel like sometimes I'm a pudding because of that because I see so many people doing the bigger slates and doing well in the bigger slates and everything. But, man, you just give me too many choices, and I start I start running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I don't know who to pick. I start talking myself out of this guy, putting this guy in. And if my choices are narrowed down, it feels like I do better. I need to stick to stuff like that. I need to become cognizant of – the, the contest that I do well in and say, you know, plant my flag. This is this is the place I'm going to play. Yeah, there's there's a couple ways of looking at that. So you can do it from a, a contest standpoint. Um, I know we tend to focus on the main slate, uh, but you also have earlier and afternoon slates that, that kind of limits uh, the amount of games that are involved. Um, you mentioned contests. So you got your, your GPPs. Mm-hmm. which are, are guaranteed prize pools. Um, so you'll notice that in the, the lobby, uh, depending on what you're using. So on your actual phone, uh, it usually can give you a, an idea of what the, over on the right, when you look at the contest there, uh, it says a G, like it's a green G. Uh, that's actually what GPP is. People think it means tournaments. Uh, but GPP is just guaranteed prize pool. And what that means is kind of like I was mentioning with our contest, that no matter how many folks are in the contest, it's going to run and pay out what it says it's going to pay out. So take the right now, I think the top one's the, the $5 uh, millionaire maker. Uh, it's projected to have 1.1 million people in it. Uh, if it only has 500,000 people, it's still going to run and it's the, the prize pool is not going to change. That's what GPP actually means. That's a guaranteed prize pool that no matter how many fill in that contest, it's going to run and pay out just the same. Um, most of those are going to be your tournaments, uh, which are the the top 20% usually uh, pay out for that. Then you also have double ups and head to heads, uh, which is basically 50-50. You just need to finish in the top half. Uh, if it's a, a bigger contest or if it's a head to head, you just need to beat the one person you're against and you're ultimately going to double your money um, aside from the rake. Uh, you have other multipliers and things on those lines, but that's that's basically the contest standpoint. But to go back to what you were saying, I don't think a, a lot of people narrow down, you know, the field like they can. So one strategy that you could have, yeah, you're on the main slate, but some people just filter for the top three over-unders. So they just look at the three games with the highest totals, and they're only picking players from those three games. Even though they're in the main slate, there's 12, 13 games available. They're just narrowing it down to three and picking all their all their players from those games, you can find success because obviously Vegas feels like those are going to be the highest scoring games anyway. Sure, sure. And that's that's a way you can narrow it down if you would like to go that route. You're not required to, to you know, use the whole whole field of game slates. You can well, pick no. just certain games. Hey, if I do that, I'm going to miss out on the Joe Flacco's of the world, Pierre. Come on, I'm going to miss out on the Davis Mills. It's true. And that's where you're going to run into it is some of the value. But even so, you can pick that value and then, you know, have your your other plays come from those high totals 
Um, or if there's just a game that you like, regardless of the totals, you feel like one's going to shoot out and that Vegas is wrong, you know, just have that in your player field. So don't feel obligated is what I'm saying to pick from all 13 games. Now, and and also, you know, we talk about managing bankroll, and we've talked about that before and everything. And and in order to manage the bankroll properly, I know that first year whenever I started playing DF, DFS, which really wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was like two years ago, something <laughs> like that, two, three years ago, as well I started playing outside of the, what, free contests I would get into on Yahoo or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> I would – I would just go for those GPP. I would try to hit that Millie maker. You know, I would try to hit the big one all the time, every single time. And I was mismanaging my funds is what I was doing because what you and what Rob have taught me, uh, the daddy of the baby bull, he, you guys have taught me, you know, I think one of the rule of thumb is 80% in those 50, 50 contests, 80, 80% in those things. And then 20% of your bankroll goes into the others to try and get the big one. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what you want to, that's what you want to shoot for because for one, your your 50-50s are going to give you a better chance. You got a 50% chance of doubling whatever that money is. So even if you're only you know playing $10, I wouldn't recommend playing more than you can. Uh, I don't want oh, folks no. going broke or, or bankrupt or anything like, anything like that on a, a fantasy sport. But if you're betting $10 a week, playing $10 a week, put $8 you know, worth of double ups and then your other $2, for example, something along those lines will then go towards, you know, your GPPs. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, though, like, you, let's say you cash in that $5 millionaire maker. You, you might be beating a million people, and you're still only walking away with 10 bucks. Uh, you can get that same <laughs> 10 bucks uh, with a 20-person 50-50 for $5, and all you got to do is beat 10 of them. So you're, you're beating a million people versus 10 people, and you're getting paid out the same amount. So just keep that in mind uh, when it comes to these contest selections. Yeah, and that's looking at your return on investment, right? You you don't right. get a lot of return on investment when you're trying to hit that millie maker, uh, unless you, of course you, you hit the million, which which odds of that are you know that lightning bolt shot. You know, it's yeah, what it top five percent. Like when you get in the top five percent of those tournaments, that's when you're going to be like, whoa, that's your your kind of life changing money. Other than that, top five percent, the other fifteen percent. That cashes is going to be pretty similar to any of those actual double double ups or 50-50s. And I personally even shoot for like smaller GPP. So I, I target 100 to, to 200 people in them. Uh, I feel pretty confident I can beat 100 to 200 people. And I can, I'll play the same lineup and I'll see times where I'm in like a, a $3 with 100 people and I win it and I win like 100 bucks. Whereas I'm in like a, a $20 with thousands of people, same lineup, and I won like 40 bucks compared to 100 that I won on $3 just because I didn't have as many people that I needed to beat. And me beating that smaller field, you know, has a better ROI. And, and you know, when we'll go into this a little bit more here as we do this introductory stuff to DraftKings. We'll get into some of these players here in just a minute. But mm -hmm. I think that this is important, especially for people tuning in and trying to play for the first time. Or maybe they tuned in last year and they're just – trying to build upon the knowledge that they gained last year and some of this stuff, man, and I'm guilty of it the first two years, it was moving really fast and it seems like it's slowed down for me a lot because I've been able to put these words into better use, you know, return on investment and stuff like that. But it, when you're, it seems like when the fields get larger of contestants, like you talked about, instead of 20 moving up to a hundred, et cetera, people start looking for those bigger booms and maybe you get a little bit more, 
educated players who might be looking at ownership values and really know how to mix and match those lineups a lot because there is, uh, hey, look, there's luck involved in this, right? There, yes. There's luck, but there's also that that old saying where you have skill or luck meets opportunity and that equals victory or something like that, whatever that whatever that <laughs> phrase is. But there's skill in this too where you look at those ownership projections and you can see that you should maybe – Instead of having Josh Allen with uh, Diggs that first week, maybe you should stick them with Davis. But those people that are really trying to win that big tournament, they may say, you know what? I'm going Allen and I'm going McKenzie this week because McKenzie just is not going to have the higher ownership. It's going to save me some money, and I need to spend that over here on my tight ends instead. Well, there's a balance. Like At the end of the day, you still want to play good players. You don't, you want, you don't want to play players that aren't very good just to be contrarian. Um, and one of the things that that your touts, that your your top players are good at, it's not just playing guys at, at lower ownership or lower rostership uh, just because they're lower lower rostered. They're, they're playing guys that are good that no one else is playing because of a, a matchup. And so let's say, for example, like Jonathan Taylor, um, one of the best running backs, Folks are going to see him at the top of the list. You know, I think he's like 9,100, for example, uh, against the Texans. You look at the game logs last year, he dominated the Texans twice. So a lot of folks are going to play Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you go down a little bit and you you look at, let's say, like Dalvin Cook. So he's he's 1,200 less, but he has that little red fifth next to him for the opponent. And that's because the, the Packers have been pretty good against the run. So a lot of folks aren't going to play Dalvin Cook. So – something happens to Taylor or if he doesn't go off for 30 plus points uh, like many are expecting him to, and he's 50% on, for example, you can get a Dalvin cook still a really good back. One of the top backs in the NFL, at, let's say 5%. And he goes for that 30 <laughs> or 40 points himself. You've now set yourself apart from half the field by playing a, a guy of similar talent that other people aren't playing because his matchup may be a little tougher or the, the situation just doesn't look as good on paper. Those are the type of, of rostership and ownership decisions that Sharps are making uh, that a lot of your, your standard players don't make because they don't want to risk the fact of not having Jonathan Taylor in their lineup. No, I can I absolutely see what you're saying. And it does take skill and it takes practice. And we will encourage you here at the DFS Dreamer Podcast where we always try to take care of you. Practice with a little money. Okay, I mean, you practice with don't 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 go in over your head on any of that stuff. We always want to encourage you to do all these games uh, according to your budget, and uh, don't don't get in over your head at all. All right, so we want to encourage you. And some are free, so if you want to test things yeah, out, yeah, get yeah, in the yeah, free yeah. ones, yeah. and you know, kind of learn what to do first. And even over on Yahoo, you can get in like a season-long contest. They're free. You find free ones, and it's it's fun to do those free ones too, just to get some under your belt. Uh, and if you need any help. On those things, building lineups, searching for those things, because I I know these uh, terminologies, all the, all the new vocabulary can be a little bit intimidating. You can hit Pierre up over on Twitter at Peewee thirty one. You can do that. You can also ask me at Loafinit, and I'll probably send a DM over to uh, over to Pierre and ask him that answer <laughs> to answer the question. Uh, you can also follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Make sure you're following the show on whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. Leave us a review. That always helps out. And share the show with your friends. We do appreciate that. Pierre, we are talking about that classic slate a little bit here before our show ends. And uh, when I clicked over there, I saw that I already had a lineup built, Pierre. 
No <laughs> boy. I don't know when I built it, but I built it. And obviously it was before the big Joe Flacco news, you know, but, but I didn't go much higher than Joe Flacco because I built this lineup with a quarterback stack of the uh, Matt Ryan and uh, your guy, Michael Pittman Jr. I built it with those guys. Uh, Ryan okay. is at 5,500 and Pittman's at 5,500 going against the Houston Texans. I think that it's just one of those things where you want to start off on the right foot if you're the Indianapolis Colts. And yeah. I think that you want to put the ball in Pittman's hands from Ryan. And I understand Taylor's going to get his. But once again, I'm looking at that game and I'm going, how can I differentiate myself just a little bit? Because it is the Texans defense that you're going against, which is something that as DFS players, we'd, we'd really like. Yeah, and that's a perfect example um, of how to be contrarian as well. Uh, so aside from just the, the running backs uh, in comparison to Taylor, instead of playing Taylor, just go with the passing attack, which would be a, a Matt Ryan, Michael Pittman. Uh, so really good thought process there to to go with that stack um, instead of Taylor, because if he doesn't get the rushing touchdowns, if they are through the air, again, you're going to set yourself apart. So I, I do like the, the coats. The one concern I have, just being a Coats fan, is I think we're going on 10, 11 years where we haven't won week one. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I'm serious. It dates back that far. Like, we lose week one every year. It could be to the Jags, which was the case in 2020, you know, with, with Rivers on board. We went to Jacksonville week one. We lost. That was our only win all year. Obviously, we lost there at the, the last game, last season. But uh, I think we we just continue to lose week one loss to the Seahawks. We lost to the Bengals before they even had Burroughs. So just keep that in mind with Andy. Hopefully, you know, we can we can break that streak. I think that's why Frank Reich's actually playing a lot of the starters during the preseason. So they can kind of be ready for that week one versus <laughs> resting them. Uh, but that's just something to keep in mind with the, the coats in general for week one. No, that's pretty smart. And and this is what I ran it back with because that's you we like to stack them up and then run yes. them back a little bit. Are you ready? I, I did Brandon Cooks. Now, I didn't like that. I think that, that one was a variable in my mind because I know that Colts defense. But it's the beginning of the year. It's Brandon Cooks, and he's getting the ball from my guy Davis Mills, too. So I'm always thinking. Yeah, he's you know, your guy. But I, I really, honestly, I may want to switch that over to Nico Collins. Nico Collins is making a big splash, and that dude seems like he is starting to play into his uh, – dimensions like his his height and his weight and his abilities a little bit more i may end up switching that up but i definitely put marlon mack in there just to get a revenge touchdown against those colts <laughs> see how you are see how you are but yeah well, a- nico Collins is smart i mean sometimes it, you don't have your justin jefferson types you don't have your jamar chases where sometimes it takes those rookie receivers most of the time honestly that that second season to get going. So big body out of Michigan. Uh, you're going to save money uh, with him for one at, at 4,200. Uh, given that he's not the top option, you may avoid a guy like Stefan Gilmore, who the coach picked up. So he he could get the, the secondary cornerback. Uh, so I don't mind that. You're right with Marlon Mack, a little revenge there. I know reports of that, you know, Pierce may end up being the, the starting running back there, but you got to expect Mack to be involved early on and them to maybe get motivated to, to kind of get him in the end zone against his former team. I know we struggled against tight ends last year, so even someone like a Brevin Jordan at tight end could be someone mm. you can can bring back on. And the reason you're bringing back is once you stack a team, you're wanting it to be a shootout. So you want whoever your quarterback is to be throwing the ball and throwing for touchdowns, and you have to expect that game to be close if they're going to continue to throw it. And so you want to bring someone back on the other side uh, to predict that that game is going to be co- close, that that's either a running back or a pass catcher themselves in hopes for a shootout in that game. And you just have the big pieces 
to that one game puzzle. I also stuck CMC in there first game back against a tougher Cleveland uh, uh, defense, but and especially a run defense from last year. But it's CMC, and I'm hoping that you know he has that he has that juice in him to be able to offset you know, offset anything that the Cleveland Browns bring to town. Michael Thomas, I stuck him in as a wide receiver. I'm going to have to reevaluate that one now with that hamstring injury that Michael Thomas has again. I told you I'd never do it. I didn't know if he'd ever play for the Saints again. And I got a little wishy-washy there a couple of weeks ago because yeah. he's out there playing and practicing. And all of a sudden something like this pops up and I'm going, I knew it. I want to ever back off of that take of mine about Michael Thomas. Put Austin Hooper in there as a little sleeper tight end because he was 3,700. Uh, and I know how Tennessee likes to use the tight ends around the goal line. And I think Derrick Henry, you know, going to get all the attention and stuff. I was able to stick Debo in there since he seems happy against the Chicago Bears. Uh, they're going <laughs> to... San Francisco is going to be popular. And I stuck the Jaguars in there, Pierre. Do you know why I put the Jaguars in there? As the Carson Wentz. Yes, sir. There's a pick six written all over that one. Plus, I think that oh, Doug yeah. Peterson will have that team ready to go. Doug Peterson knows Carson Wentz. He knows all those little mm-hmm. intricacies about him where he can, might be able to uh, fluster him a little bit in the quarterback uh, position and get a pick six. And that's what we're always looking for on those defenses. I, I think the Jags will be probably the most popular defense week one. For one, their price, really cheap. But as you mentioned, going up against Wentz, the, the last memory of Wentz was the awful game that he had in Jacksonville against this same team. So uh, I can see that happening. But I'm a, I'm a little concerned, Wes. Do you know, you know why I'm concerned? Uh, no, I, I, because I didn't put Cooper Cup in there? No, Cooper Cup plays Thursday. Oh, yeah. You can, yeah who, so you... who, who was your quarterback at 5,500? Who are you playing? Oh, Matt Ryan. Okay. Is there anyone – playable under 5,500 at quarterback that you might have interest in? Well, at the time, he was holding the clipboard, I think. <laughs> See? Yes, I'm, I'm totally going to change it. This is just one of the lineups I have. <laughs> one of the lineups here. But, uh, yes, let's go into t- to all that here. Let me, let, me, um, let, me, let me make another lineup. Let me go over to this. Where am I going? Lineups? Going to lineup? No, I'm going to contest. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to contest. I'm going to go to that showdown, and we're going to talk about that a little bit because I know you're talking about Joe Flacco, Pierre. Joe That's Flacco. Elite, that- elite. So it sounds like he's going to start week one. You talked about Marlon Mack revenge. I don't know if it can get any more perfect. There's the, the week one matchup for the Jets, if, if Zach Wilson misses like is expected, is none other than the Baltimore Ravens uh, who released Joe Flacco. Uh, Obviously for Lamar Jackson, who's also a, a great quarterback. But uh, Flacco brought them the Super Bowl, uh, most recent Super Bowl. So you got to think that's going to be on his mind. Oh, you you would you would hope so. I don't I don't know what more you got to have <laughs> other than that right there. But you know he's he's talked a lot about it, and they're kind of putting the smoke out that he's might not be the starter that they might be trying to get uh, Wilson back before the beginning of the season. I just don't think that that's going to end up happening. I think that that is going to be a Joe Flacco show at 4,800. That seems like a really good one. I don't know if I see anybody else, and we're going to break this down even further whenever we end up getting down there. I know he's one of going to be one of my favorites that Sunday, Pierre. I also, I, I really don't mind, and you know how I am, is who's who is it Jacoby Jacoby Prissett going to be starting week one yes. or how's that sup- suspension going? Yeah, so Watson suspended 11 games, so it'll it'll be Brissett, uh, 4 11 barring an injury. Okay, all right, so you know, I would look down here at the bottom how I always do, but I don't mind Marcus Mariota. I know it's going against the Saints, but he has impressed me so far this preseason. Yeah, he's looked good, he's got rushing upside as well, so. 
you know, he can run the ball in, which, you know, you really like mobile quarterbacks and especially a, a, a DFS DraftKings uh, platform as, you know, passing touchdowns are only like four, whereas rushing touchdowns are six. You get the yardage bonuses. So I do think Mariota will be in play. Um, I don't even hate, you know, Daniel Jones down at, at 5K uh, against Tennessee. Uh, again, you got what, Brian DeBow now, the the coordinator that came over from Buffalo, so new coach. Uh, could try to get him in positions. Hopefully his receivers are healthy and show up. But there's a lot of talent down here at the bottom. You got a Baker revenge <laughs> against Cleveland. Your, your guy, Davis Mills, against me and the, the Colts. Uh, Jameis, you know, isn't too bad. 5,300 against the Falcons, who's – probably going to be pretty bad themselves. So a lot of options to save salary, which is where you like to be personally when it comes to DFS contest. Do you think at the, is there anything at the beginning of the year that these contests kind of dictate to you because of all the new players that may be coming in at the beginning of the year? And then, you know, how, how things fade away a little bit week four, week five, people kind of start finding other things to do other than playing DFS. Yeah. You want to take advantage of the, the value while it's there. Um, a lot of times right off the bat, folks are playing the knowns. So they're, they're going to be playing your, your top guys, your expensive guys. Uh, you need to really try to take advantage of some of the value before some of these guys start to skyrocket. So rookie wide receivers for one, uh, you might want to look at them because they're probably going to be priced a, a little low uh, before they start obviously making plays. A lot of them aren't playing during the preseason. So after one or two weeks, their prices are going to shoot up. Uh, running back situations, look for some of those competitions, some of those committees. Uh, if you have a lean somewhere, whether it be the preseason or a depth chart, you know, maybe find some of those running backs that are are in committees that you think are going to kind of set themselves apart. Uh, again, we talked about quarterbacks. So some of these quarterbacks are going to go up. You know, some of these guys are low because they're coming off injuries or because the unknown, because they were backups last year. Uh, so play those guys, play some of those that got a chance, like Trey Lance, Justin Fields. Some of these guys, you know, may take that next step this year, uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so don't be afraid to play them early on before they do that that Joe Burrow, that Justin Herbert, where they start to ascend into those six, seven K price ranges. Okay. All right. That that's good advice, I, I think, because you do want to take advantage of that early on in the season before things do shoot up. It's kind of like having a backup player that becomes the number one all mm -hmm. of a sudden uh, if you're able to get that lineup in beforehand. I think Jalen Hurts will be very popular as well going against Detroit. But something mm -hmm. I remember about Detroit is that they were just so feisty, man. They had the never quit thing, and they could just cause some troubles and issues. Uh, out there on the defensive side of things, I, I think, and it's a it's an away game for Jalen. And, I, you know, last year at the beginning of the season, I think we – at least I had my heart broken by Jalen. I was like, oh, come <laughs> on, man, you're better than this. And then as they turned into a running team, I think he did succeed a little bit more, at least as far as team victories go. I, I look at this Philadelphia-Detroit game, and I see Jalen being really highly owned, but I don't know if I want to get on that train really early. Yeah, I mean, you look at last year, he only scored under – but 13 points twice, and one of those was against the Lions week eight at Detroit, and they, they scored 44 points and won that game, and he still only put up 11. So, yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, keep the Lions in mind. A lot, of, a lot of people like the Lions. They're watching hard knocks. Uh, they're, they're watching the preseason. You have some guys finish strong when it comes to, like, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, you look at Swift out of the backfield. So there's potential. It could be a shootout. Folks could predict it being a shootout. Herps obviously added uh, A.J. Brown as a pass catcher. 
Uh, but it's quite possible it's just a defensive battle. The Eagles have a pretty good defense as well. Uh, so you, you might want to avoid, you know, a Hurts type and, and maybe get someone like Lance, you know, 800 less uh, against the Bears uh, if everyone's going to be leaning towards Hurts in that same type of situation. Well, I'm excited for that first game, too, to be able to watch <laughs> Trey Lance and Justin Fields uh, out there on the, oh, yeah. on the field, you know, together, uh, mirror images of one another to some degree. Um, mm-hmm. I think high expectations of each other. I, I, that's going to be cool to see. It's The NFL did a good job setting up week number one. I stuck, you know, we talked about my lineup a little bit, and I stuck CMC mm-hmm. in there. He's at 8,500 as a running back who can produce huge numbers week in and week out. And maybe I have a little baby bowl thought process going on <laughs> in my head, too, because we got it. If you, if you, before if you, he gets hurt. Yeah, before he gets hurt. If you haven't joined the Baby Bowl yet, by the way, check out Rob Norton's uh, pin tweet over there on Twitter, at Norton0723 on Twitter. You can also check out the pin tweet at the show, FI Today, with a little underscore there. And, and join the Baby Bowl. It's a great contest. $50 entry, but half of it goes into a prize pool, and the other half goes to charity. And it's one of those games that have really grown over the last couple of years, and I'm proud to be a part of it and have it to be a part of the Fantasy Impact Today Network family um it, it's it's been fun to watch that grow pierre the baby boy i think it's up to 120 something people now it may be even more than that and the last little final push hasn't even been made yet i was thinking about this the other day pierre 120 people that's like having and my mask gonna get all goofy that's like having 12 teams and 10 divisions if we're in some kind of drafting yeah. league you know that's a lot of people it is it is and it's a different strategy like it's eliminator for your your player so you have to be really strategic on when you use certain guys but you also want to make sure you get a chance to use some of those top guys as well and you know you can have situations like McCaffrey for example where you can play him early and he gets hurt then you don't get a chance to play him the rest of the year Um, or you can play him early maybe he's rusty and you don't get a chance to capitalize when he, he gets back going so definitely tough uh, you see a lot of different strategies throughout. Um, this will be my third year, uh, second year for the regular season, baby boy. I did the playoffs uh, the year before. So it'll be my second full year for the regular season. And I feel like I'm getting getting better at, at making better decisions. Um, you want to score points at the end of the day. That's the, the key to try to score as many points week over week. So just keep that in mind. But you do want to strategize to make sure, you know, towards the end of the year, you have guys available that can still, you know, get you over the top if necessary, but really fun. 120 is going to be really challenging because all 120 are going to know their stuff, but looking forward to the challenge. No, and, it's, and it is. It breaks up the monotony in my brain, and it is cool. And yes, you do have to use the players while you got them. So that's why I'm looking at a little CMC week number one, <laughs> uh, maybe in the baby bowl. But Pierre, I look at these other running backs too, and I, I do think of some of those rookies like you're talking about where the prices are down. And mm-hmm. some of those names, like, uh, and it got real confusing for me because I clicked on the Indianapolis Houston game here, and I went, okay. Price? Price plays for Indianapolis. That, that's not the guy I'm thinking of because I wanted to say, you know, instead of getting the rookie, I want to look to get Marlon Mack a little bit of juice because everybody be, – and it's Pierce. Pierce is yeah. the Houston running back. I knew that, but it, Price confused me because he's on Indianapolis. Uh, anyway, when I look at this and we talk about rostership and ownership and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I think Marlon Mack, people won't get on his price as much at 4700 when we see Pierce at 4800 but he's the hot name going there and I just sure. can see that revenge touchdown that they have and people will want Jonathan Taylor I just I look to differentiate myself there yeah you're 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 absolutely right you know Matt could be one of those lower you know own lower roster players 
that no one's on because everyone's expecting it to be Pierce. Now, even with the Colts, like they're using Naheem Hines as a receiver a ton right now in training camp. And he's been one of Ryan's favorite options. And when you look at him last year, when you look at his backs, both Mike Davis and Cordell Patterson finished in the, the yeah. top 10 uh, of total targets uh, from a, a pass catching standpoint. So while everyone's on Taylor, you know, you can get a little cute and, and play Hines uh, if you want to, to get lower ownership, lower roster ship. But if you go to the top of the running back position, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to get one of these guys that aren't going to be rostered. You can't play everyone. And you got at the top, you got Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry, you mentioned McCaffrey, Austin Eckler going up mm-hmm. against the 29th ranked Raiders last year. We talked about Cook a little bit. Kamara going up against the 23rd. Doesn't look like he's going to be suspended at all. Joe Mixon uh, going up against the 24th. James Conner in the Ooh. highest uh, total over Ooh. under on the slate. DeAndre Swift, Ooh. Aaron Jones without Devontae Adams. You can't play them all. You Come can't on. do it. And so you're, you're being contrarian. Can be just playing one of these top guys that no one else is playing versus trying to go down to the bargain bin for for folks that may not have the same boom as these top guys are at the top. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to outthink the room, and you're saying simplify it, Wes. Don't think too hard, buddy, because I'm looking at Antonio Gibson going, you know, nobody else is going to be playing Gibson. That's probably for a right reason. But, but you know, if McKissick's out that game, I'm sitting there going, I can, you know, Gibson's out there returning kicks. He's out there re- getting that, getting the, the things from uh, Carson Wentz, getting the targets from Carson Wentz. That's so I'm getting on. But you're right about Naheem Hines, by the way. Uh, I've, I've watched Matt Ryan for years, like I said earlier, and that's mm-hmm. why a little fantasy darling uh, on the Fantasy Impact Today network of Edo Smith, that name comes to mind because uh, Matt <laughs> Ryan made Edo Smith a little fantasy relevant at some point. But you go all the way back yeah. to Tevin Coleman. You go, you know, just keep going back of what yeah. Matt Ryan has done for the running back situation that he's always played in. He loves the check downs, and Naheem Hines is going to be great for that. Great point, Pierre. Great point. Well, thanks. Yeah, he mentioned Tevin Coleman. He's an IU guy, but him and Devontae Foreman, Devontae Freeman, they were both getting, you know, their their fantasy production in the same backfield. So uh-huh. don't get too cute. I mean, you can look again. You can go all the way down, probably the Najee Harris. You can maybe even toss in like I say, Quan Barkley or Montgomery. You can't. You can only play three. The maximum you can play <laughs> on DraftKings is three. And so one of these guys, multiple of these guys, aren't going to be as rostered as they should. And any of them are capable of getting you, you know, 30 plus points. So you talk about playing three and, you know, I've done a little bit of research on how to play those captain games, mm-hmm. uh, the showdown games anyway. And it seems like the what you should do is stick, of course, the highest player in the captain spot so you can get one and a half times value. <laughs> but if you really want to do that, you need to be looking at wide receivers because wide mm-hmm. receivers have the opportunity to do that. Uh, as far as a return on investment compared to their DraftKings salary, stick them in the captain spot. What about this flex spot? Do you, do you should you be looking at a running back? Should you be trying to look at a uh, a wide receiver or a tight end, or is that just something that you need to go game by game, situation by situation, just to see who can give you the most money or most juice out of the squeeze? So you don't you don't want to go tight end usually um, when you look at the percentages. At least for your bigger contests like your millionaire makers, the the wide receiver in the flex tends to be the the best boom for your buck week over week. Um, running back would be next, so I would recommend either a receiver or running back in your flex spot more often than not. Yeah, you might be able to get lucky, have a, a Andrews Kelsey type situation there 
where they're they're kind of like receivers. But overall, you you want to tend to have a, a running back or receiver in your flex. And the majority of the time, when you look at winning lineups, uh, top five percent lineups, it tends to be a receiver over running back. Okay. All right. Uh, jumping over to wide receiver, just uh, on a big outlook of this. When I first look at it initially, and I'm I'm trying to look from a beginner's eyes, or you know somebody who hasn't looked at it in months, if not a year almost, there's a lot of red. There's there's not a lot of green on this page, and so it looks like Terry McLaurin is the guy who's going to jump out at a lot of people. But for me personally, I think about that new wide receiver with a new quarter or wide receiver with a new quarterback uh, maybe doesn't gel quite as much. And you and I saw Carson Wentz. Yes, he can make some people successful. And Terry McLaurin seems to be bulletproof, but that seems to be where everybody will kind of go. You know, am I, am I thinking right on that? Uh, to, to some extent. And, and that's what, that's what you got to kind of keep in mind when you're, you're making your play. So are people going to avoid, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, because of that red number for the opponent, frankly. Um, good offenses are going to find a way to get their their top guys open. Uh, you saw Cooper Cup. like He became Cooper Cup no matter what because even though you knew he was getting the ball, teams couldn't stop it because McVay uh, would, would run plays a game open, plus he had that connection with Stafford. You know, Adams used to have that connection with Rodgers where it didn't matter. You were just playing. Is he still going to have that with Carr? I don't know. Justin Jefferson, you know, Cousins is going to try to find him. Uh, it's going to be red because Jahir Alexander, you know, is going to be on the other side for the Packers. But is he going to always be on Justin Jefferson? No. And so if teams aren't if, – if players aren't going to play Justin Jefferson because of that red 10, that's one of those guys that you're getting one of the top four, five receivers in the NFL and no one else is playing him. He's got the upside to, to be successful. So don't avoid players just because of the, the opponent ranking on the other end. Yes, it's, it's, it's like that for a reason. You know, there's probably a, a good defense or a good defender causing that to be. They may shut down, you know, that player like Marshawn mm-hmm. Lattimore shuts down Mike Evans every week. Every time the Saints play the Bucks, Lattimore shuts down Mike Evans. It's a thing. But that's not always going to be the case. So just keep that in mind. You got to take some chances sometimes when it looks like a matchup might be bad, but that player is worth the risk. Okay. All right. All right. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I don't see anybody who just absolutely jumps out at me of somebody that I have to own on here in a great matchup right away. It'll be fun to watch that Justin Jefferson against Green Bay because those two teams know each other so well. And they played against each other now for three years, it feels like. And there's just a lot of history there. Uh, I would be a little skittish to playing Adams. I think Debo is in a smash spot, of course, against Chicago. How many handoffs, how many carries will he get? How many passes will he receive? I don't know. That's that's kind of a question mark there. To me, Jefferson out of those top three look like the really safe play, the safer play. Yeah, and, I mean, history actually shows the, the Vikings play pretty well against the Packers. Uh, even before Jefferson, you, you saw Thielen's had big games. You had Stephon Diggs had big games. So it's a thing. Uh, will continue because the, the Packers have gotten better, you know, in their secondary. So that's the – those are just the risks you're going to have to play. You got Chase. Obviously, we saw the connection he had with Burrow uh, last year being the, the main receiver there, even with Higgins, you know, on board. But against the Steelers – you know, what are you going to get? Are you going to get what you got in week 12 where he got you seven points? Or are you going to get week three where he got 22? Um, those are the risks you're going to have to take. But, again, if you're going to take risk, 
I'd rather you take it with a, a top receiver versus, you know, someone like a, a Paris Campbell type of situation. I love Paris Campbell on the coast, obviously, but I'd rather, I'd rather play the knowns versus taking a chance with the unknowns getting a, a zero or a three versus getting, you know, maybe a, a 10 from some of these top guys. Okay. All right. I could see that. Uh, I also don't mind at all when I'm looking down here at this a little bit. I see a Darnell Mooney at mm-hmm. 5,700. I like that one against San Francisco. It, against the, it is against San Francisco's defense. And I did put Pittman in there. So Pittman was always a good choice for me that beginning week. Uh, I, I look at some of those. That, that's cool. Uh, tight ends. Has Ke- Travis Kelsey boomed up to 10,000 yet 10k is it how long is it going to be look at that that that's pretty cheap for mark andrews and travis kelsey a lot of value on the board it looks like from a lot of these players yeah tight ends uh a place where i used to always try to punt i try to find someone 3k that can maybe get me you know six seven points uh, allow me to get some other studs in but but now some of these guys are becoming studs themselves and they're they're priced cheaper than those stud receivers so you know, we just looked at the receivers and you got, you know, your Adams, your Jefferson, your Chases. They're all over 7K, whereas your, your Kelsey Andrews, those types can get you that same type of production, you know, and you're you're saving, you know, thousands or hundreds of dollars on them. So keep that in mind. I, I do like the, the, the tight ends. I like to pay up for them now. And they're, they're kind of discounted a bit. Uh, you look at the way like Andrews, for example, ended the season, his last three games, he was above you know, 7,000. So now he's at 6,800 at the top. You look at, at Kelsey uh, again, you know, I, I really like Kelsey himself. No Tyreek Hill there now. So is, is Mahomes going to have to depend on him more at 6,600? You can see, you know, he was above 7K, even 8K, you know, early on. He started last year at 8,300 week one uh, against the Browns where he's at 6,600 now. So that's a, a price you can maybe take advantage of. Guys coming off injuries, Kittle, you know, Waller, Hawkinson, you know, they might end up getting priced up. They were kind of cut a little short because of injuries last year. You got Pitts, you know, now not a rookie anymore, 5,700. That could be good value on him. So could be a good time to pounce on some of these higher end tight ends or or even go down a little bit to see if there's some young guys like a Fryer move, uh, like um, Evan Ingram, who's in a different situation there in Jacksonville that maybe can step up. Mo Allen Cox, is he going to be anything with the Colts? Just those type of players at the bottom that are in different situations or have different quarterbacks uh, that you might be able to get some value on early. Oh, totally. And you can't forget a name like Evan Ingram, who at 3,500 just in an offense that really has utilized tight end position in the past, especially down there at the goal line. When we talk about a Ertz or a Goddard or somebody like that, and nobody jumped out there in the wide receiver room last year. Well, this year we'll have to wait and see, but I know down there in the red zone, it seems like Evan Ingram, at least in my mind, he was targeted once, received a touchdown. He hasn't been used a lot in the preseason, but to me, that's one of those zigzag moves, you know, where uh, maybe you're not showing that on film because you're trying to save it for the regular season. And then against Washington there on the road, it it just seems like a natural fit for that. I I could be wrong, but that's what it seems like. Cole Komet, a lot of people are going to be in there. I really like the Austin Hooper one. I just, I think that he's going to end up getting a touchdown. He's the only tight end in the room really for the Tennessee Titans. And they were utilized the tight end so much uh, down there by the goal line. I I like Austin Hooper to, to get one touchdown that first week. Yeah. I like Hooper. I like your guy Komet, you know, the, 
No Allen Robinson, though he didn't do much. He's going to have to come aboard. As you mentioned, Ingram at 35. Everybody was playing Dan Arnold quite a bit, you know, under the same mm. Jacksonville offense. He's now the tight end, too. So Ingram, a lot of things coming out with Conklin kind of being over. Yeah. Uzama yeah. with the, the Jets and your guy Flacco. So you could get a little different there if you don't want to target Jets receivers. But, yeah, there's a, a lot of guys down here. Hayden Hurst, you know, I mentioned Uzama. He's gone. Uh, he got Joe Burrow throwing the ball. Can he maybe live to some of that potential? So just things to keep an eye on early on in the year. Totally, totally, totally. Hey, how about if we save those defenses for that very first time we're talking about the DraftKings Classic. Yes. Uh, we're breaking it all down, and we're doing a great job with it, and we're having a lot of fun doing it, Pierre, and I look forward to that first episode. It was a great beginner episode, though, to remind, or maybe even an old dog episode. I don't know what we want to call <laughs> me at this point. Uh, we're, we're refreshing my mind on all the different DFS strategies that we got to remember. I've started making a little sheet. I want to make a sheet with a box, and i got to check the boxes to see if that player fits in those boxes so i've got some more things to write down on that sheet pierre and it's wonderful talking to you each and every week about dfs strategies on the dfs streamer podcast buddy hey it's good to be back i'm excited hope you're excited everybody's teams zero and zero so you got the excitement of your real life teams uh, coupled with the excitement of the the dfs teams we'll be building looking forward to a great season Totally, totally, totally. Make sure you're following Pierre at Peewee31 over on Twitter so that you can get that DFS Dreamer uh, DraftKings contest and you can sign up for that. Maybe, we'll like what, like I said, we might have to end up doing two of them. We'll have to see how all that goes. But uh, make sure you're following Pierre over on Twitter to get all that information. And if you have a question, just direct it over to him over there on Twitter. You can follow me as well at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show and the podcast. Tons of great information being tweeted out over there at the FI Today with a little underscore Twitter handle. And please, write leave a review like the the show subscribe to the show all those things share the show with your friends but more importantly than all those actions fit fam as always we want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today